Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and we're so excited to have you here with us on this Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023. The month of August has arrived. We're getting closer to the start of the Duke basketball season. And today, we're talking Cooper Flag and the excitement this recruit could potentially bring the Duke program or any other school that he so choose. Uh, we're focused on Duke, though, fresh off an unofficial visit to John Shire and company and our good pal Isaac Trotter, Will join us on the show today. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked On Blue Devils for free. As we're in August, we're back to five shows a week here on the Locked On Network, getting you set for fall camp with Duke football, and again, counting down the days until the college basketball season returns. Also, watch this video on YouTube. Subscribe each and every day. Hit that like video, and uh, your support continues to mean the world for us at Locked On Blue Devils. So without further ado, let me bring on my good pal, Isaac Trotter. Isaac, it's good to see you again. And man, college hoops will be here before we know it. It totally will. And it's kind of a fun time right now because we can start getting into rotations and seeing like (laughs) what's kind of going on. But, you know, obviously recruiting is still um, a big part of it right now. And it's August 2nd. We're recording this. So a couple more days for recruits to be able to get onto campuses for some of those. It's a quiet period technically, but recruits can still get on campus and Cooper Flag's the most popular high school basketball player in the country right now. So when he when he takes an unofficial visit to Duke, it moves the needle for sure. Absolutely does. I love the the point on uh, kind of making rotation speculations because that's what we're doing a lot right now with this Duke team. Uh, for Duke fans, we're getting uh, footage from practice, like five-on-five scrimmage runs that are in place and totally overreacting from those videos that we see. But that's the fun thing to do. I know other teams – It's their year in rotation to take foreign tours and to actually be able to play against other competition. But for a team like John Shire going into year two, Isaac, all we've got right now is kind of seeing these guys in the gym working together and these scrimmage videos that the team's been releasing. Yeah, some of my favorite things about scrimmage videos is uh, like pausing the video really quick to kind of like get a glimpse of the guy in the background to try to figure out which five-man lineup they were trying to use for this (laughs) when they pan the camera over. It's really sicko mode stuff, but that's just the way we like it. Sicko mode stuff. I love that. Uh, All right, let's talk Cooper Flag, Uh, a really, really great profile that you had wrote recently uh, for 247 Sports. He's a player that Duke fans have had on their radar for quite some time obviously is one of the premier players uh, that's probably a good reason, well-deserving to spend so much time uh, putting together a story like this. But kind of go through the thought process. What makes Cooper Flag so intriguing to you? Yeah, I think the thing that – the first thing that stands out is when you first hear about him, you're like, wait, he's from Maine? Like, <laughs> like wait, what? Like, And so I that was the thing that was just fascinating to me about it. I'm just like telling certain people that I work with, I'm like, we need to do a real, like where he came from, what he like, what he's about, because, you know, if you, you know, look around, like you could argue he's the most popular high school basketball player in the world right now. Everybody's really interested in him. And he has such a cool stories from such a small town, you know? And so it was really fun getting to talk to some of the people from his hometown or who know that area. And, it, it really is like it feels like a weird like you know American dream type of story where it's like this town really is super small it's only 1500 people like but his family 
has just been wired on basketball since the very beginning. And so it's pretty cool to see what he's doing and he's taking it to a different level. But at his core is a really tight family from a really tiny town who just loves basketball. And if you like basketball, like I feel like Cooper Flag's story can really resonate with you because I, I mean, I'm from a small town. It's just that basketball is different in small towns. And his small town is just like that. He's just doing it on a monster, monster stage. Yeah, Finding Flag 247 Sports. Isaac Trotter put together this awesome profile of Cooper Flag and the details in which, because you're right, I really hadn't thought about that. I think a lot of people focus on, okay, we're seeing him at Peach Jam or we're seeing him play for one of the premier high schools in the country. But it goes beyond that, right, where everybody has their roots. And then you start to think about, as you wrote, there haven't been that many people that make it out of Maine or uh, have been such premier players all the way up from the Northeast in that area. Yeah, it's it's he is very much an outlier. And his AAU coach, you know, the, the, the story is, is that like his AAU coach, which was one of the best players, Andy Bedard in the state of Maine, he told somebody in sixth grade he thought that Cooper Flagg was going to be the best player out of Maine. And so like it's it started early. It started really, really early. And, you know, the thing is, is that like the more you get to talk to people around him the more impressed you are with the person that he is, you know, he's really normal. Like he, he plays like a different game. Like he has like a very like special gift, but he's a pretty normal kid. He loves to golf. He loves to hang out with his friends. He's not really, you know, uh, uh, he's not different. Like he's not trying to be someone he isn't. He's just very comfortable in his own skin. And I think he's just, he's on a really good path. And, you know, I think sometimes not to pull the curtain too far back, but like, you know, I think sometimes as the media, it's our job to cover these guys fairly. And he's still 16 and he's still kind of growing. And, you know, you don't want to put too much expectations on him because then you're just setting himself up to fail. So, like, I'm writing the story, like, how can I write this in a way where it's just I'm just telling a story. I'm not trying to, you know, maybe not necessarily say like he's going to be in the next LeBron James where he might not be right. Like there's a really, really good chance he's not LeBron James but he can be a really awesome player. And how can we best tell his story without setting him up to fail? And so it's kind of like a, an interesting dynamic there with, with his story and, and kind of how you shape it because he's got a chance to do some really, really special things, but you don't want to put the cart before the horse a little bit too. It makes it easier to tell the story when you put together performances like he did at Peach Jam, right? Against the elite of elite and high school prospects uh, and recruits that are out there. 25 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, seven blocks a game. Uh, and again, against really impressive competition. That was insane to watch him put together those type performances. And then everybody's kind of talking about Cooper Flag. Yeah, it was video game type of numbers. And like the, just the way he played too is so special. Like he is such a team first player, like his ability to handle the ball, his, his size, the passing, you know, the getting other guys involved. And the one interesting part about him is that he's playing for Maine United. Maine United is not a high level EYBL, very well-known team. Like they don't have a ton of five-star type of caliber players on it. But they have really good players. And so, like, Cooper is playing a different role for Maine United than he would at Montverde or maybe if he was playing for, you know, a bigger high-profile AAU program. So he has the ball in his hands. He is the, the main distributor. He is the anchor of the defense. He, he gets to be the star. At Montverde, he was not the star. You know, you know, he's not going to be the star at, at college, maybe, right? Like, there's a chance he has to find a role. But, like, to get a glimpse of being a star is something that Maine United gets to have him. So it's a different 
It's a different, unique per platform that he gets to play in. And, and I think it helps him a little bit. It gives evaluators a little bit of like, that's what he could look like. Maybe not in three years, but maybe four or five years. I mean, he's like running the show for an NBA team. Excited to see what's next for Cooper Flag Again, fresh off an unofficial visit to Duke. College is definitely in his future. We'll talk a little bit more about that after our first time out here on the program today. Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. We love these guys because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and that's why you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Isaac Trotter from 247 Sports. All right, we're talking about Cooper Flagg and the player that he could be. Everyone wants to know what's next for him in terms of a college destination. As Peach Jam concludes, a lot of reclassification rumors and start to uh, ramp up a little bit. And then all of a sudden we learn, wait a minute, he's on an unofficial visit to Duke. That kind of snuck up on everyone's radar. So when you look at Cooper Flag, kind of where are we at in the recruiting landscape of all of this? Yeah, I think the reclassification stuff, picking between staying in the class of 2025 or moving to the class of 2024 is probably the first objective, like the next one to hurdle to clear. But I think it's pretty clear. Like he, the class of 2024 makes more sense for him. I think it gets him, uh, it accelerates his timeline in a way that it doesn't hurt him as a player with his age and his ability to potentially, you know, make it to the NBA as quick as possible. So I think 2024 makes a lot of sense. I would be surprised if he stayed in the class of 2025. I expect him to move to the class of 2024. But Cooper's really running the ship on this on this recruitment. Like everybody around him says the same thing. Like he he's kind of the point man for it. So like if he wanted to go visit Duke on his way down to Montverde before starting his, his – this would technically be his second year at Montverde, but his junior year of high school, uh, it makes a lot of sense, and it's because he wants to do it. So I think Duke has done a really good job of laying the groundwork to be a major player. You know, UConn comes in with an offer. That's kind of like the stay home, stay close to home, sell. I would expect UConn to get a visit as well eventually, uh, whether down the road. And as of now, I feel like it's really shaping up to be a Duke versus UConn battle. We'll see who comes in. You know, it's interesting. Like Indiana hasn't technically offered, quote unquote, but they have three or four coaches at every single one of Cooper Flag's game at Peach Jam. You know, Kentucky hasn't technically offered out there but they've definitely been around and have done the groundwork and put some time in for cooper fleck so will kansas get involved how much traction can ucla get like who else pops into this like those still remain to be seen and he's gonna you know take his visits when it's time for those things to happen but as of now it just feels like the fit at uconn and the fit at duke make a ton of sense and i think that duke has really kind of been considered the team to beat for a while but 
you know, he's 16. Things change. Guys can change their minds really quickly. And we'll see how this process, you know, kind of matriculates. Yeah, throughout the four years of high school, throughout a four-year period in general, uh, a lot can change in that time frame. So going into the junior season for these class of 2025 players, we go back just two years ago, and you're looking at the recruiting rankings, and you're seeing Cooper Flagg, who's been uh, a big Duke follower throughout his life, and then you're also seeing the Boozer twins kind of right there at the top. And it's easy to think about two years ago, man, it would be incredible to see that trio kind of come together and play in Durham. And then we see events like Peach Sham where Cameron Boozer and Cooper Flack are sharing the floor together. And uh, I, it, it makes a little sense why it might be difficult for those two players to almost coexist together uh, on the same basketball team. As amazing as that sounds uh, from a basketball perspective, I know that that's been a little bit of a conversation amongst Duke fans. Where do you sit there? Yeah, I, I think I would add the talent figured out later, right? Yeah, if, that, sure. if that's a problem, <laughs> if, that's a good problem Figure to have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think the big thing, the developing point is Cooper Flag's three has to start really dropping at a higher clip for that combination to work, I think, at an elite level. And we've seen glimpses of it. I like the form. I like that he can get to it. He has to take some tough threes especially for Maine United. He took some really tough ones. And so I think I'm going to be very fascinated to see how that jumper evolves at Montverde. I think he only made, I correct me if I'm wrong, it was less than 10 threes last year at Montverde. Now, granted, they didn't play a huge schedule, you know, with a lot of guys there, not a ton of shots, so stuff like that. But I think that, like, getting him more as a catch-and-shoot guy where he's a play finisher from the three-point perspective, and then you add – boozer and flag together i think rim protection wise defensively wise that would be a really nasty combo uh flags ability to handle the basketball is kind of a game changer but you know if, if both those guys kind of want to have the ball in their hands i could see a little bit of a scenario where it gets a little too repetitive but i think they could help each other too and how, having a chance to play with high level pros at 16 at 17 at 18 and 19 like that gets you all ready to roll for the for the next job so i would i would i'm not as concerned as some, some people about that potential fit together just because i trust flags passing ability i f trust the defensive upside i trust the high iq that both players have shown i just think that there's going to be a way for both of those guys to figure it out if they really want to play together i think you can find a way to be really really good even if it means you know blending their minutes a little bit mixing up the rotation so like the 15 minutes a game that you know say flags playing 25 minutes the 15 minutes a game that he's not on the floor that's that's boozer's time to be the featured sure. alpha dog no no doubt about that so we've got cooper flag we've got the boozer twins but then also as of late it's becoming more no wait a minute cooper flag is also a twin he's also got a brother uh, that's out there tell us a little bit about ace flag isaac if you will yeah, Ace has kind of blown up a little bit now recently, too. Doesn't have a ton of high major offers yet, but you just see the way he plays, and he just helps teams win. And he's a really good defender. I thought he was terrific on Boozer in Peach Jam. Uh, he draws a ton of charges. He gets his hands on loose balls. He's finishing everything around the rim. He guards pick and rolls differently. Now he's starting to add a little bit more of a jumper, and I think that will continue to refine itself as he gets older. He's just a good player. Like, he's a really, really good player. And so you're starting to see, like, the Florida Gulf Coast offer, Florida Atlantic offers, you know, there's there's really good opportunities for him to turn into potentially a high major guy. And I think early in the process, a lot of teams offered Ace to try to get Cooper 
And now I think things are changing where it's like, oh, we really like Ace too. Like we think Ace can help us. And it's like, it's not necessarily like a package deal per se, because I don't know if that's necessarily realistic, but I don't think they would turn it down if the right opportunity came along either, because Ace is a really helpful piece. And he's been playing against, you know, playing against Cooper every day really helps. And you see him on Peach Jam, like he doesn't look overmatched athletically at all. And so is he a, you know, is he a five-star prospect? I don't think that's realistic, but I think he can be a good college basketball player. And that's helpful too as well. So I'm interested to see how his recruitment um, develops because again, the bloodlines are really good. His dad was an awesome player in high school. His mom was an awesome player in high school. His grandfather was an awesome player in high school. He's played his brothers. Fantastic. Like ACE is a good player. And so like, he's not going to come in and, you know, demand 18 shots a game at the college level, but I think he can help you. I think he can help you a lot. Talking about the upcoming recruiting efforts of John Shire and company, looking at uh, the top recruits and the Boozer Twins, Cooper Flag, Ace Flag on the rise. Uh, Flory Bedunga's got a decision coming up soon, and Duke's got to feel pretty good about where they're at in that regard. Uh, what do you think is the current state of this recruiting plan and recruiting efforts of John Shire? Yeah, is it weird to call it the golden age of Duke basketball recruiting? That's <laughs> yeah. that's not that's not probably true when you look at what coach K was doing, but I think Shire has proven that like, you can make an argument. Absolutely. Yeah, you could. And I mean, I think that AJ DeBonsa is another one named to know at a class of 2026, he was terrific playing up and was one of the best players in all of peach jam. You know, there's a really growing argument. Like is, is he the best high school player regardless of class? So will Duke be able to get involved there too? So he was just with Tate, um, J- uh, Jason Tatum just a couple days ago too, uh, just like flag was like, there's a lot of Jason Tatum connections with some of these young guys. He's really taken some of that role, but yeah, it feels like Duke right now is recruiting at an alpha dog level. Uh, I don't expect that to change. I think that Duke has been ahead of the game with the general manager hire, which a lot of other college basketball teams are now trying to copy or use that same model. And Shire's just an open-minded guy to, that connects with people from a really young age. And, you know, I think he's done a really, really good job. And, you know, playing well on the court this year would definitely help. Maybe a run in the NCAA tournament would help. But, you know, I think you're starting to see, like, this program has not taken – a dip at all and you know replacing a legend isn't easy but shire's kind of making it look a little bit easier than a lot of people thought it would locked on blue devils here today jj jackson alongside my pal isaac trotter from 247 sports promote your work isaac i've mentioned this awesome profile that you've got on cooper flag what else are you up to these days as basketball gets closer yeah, so my next project right now is I'm going through every ACC basketball transfer and kind of realistic expectations for all those. Now, it's a pretty big project, but it's kind of fun to kind of go through all of the the different additions to the to the league. A, a little different for Duke, right? Yeah. Like not really going to have a... In that <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Not a ton of Duke uh, transfer portal additions, but that's not bad either because they didn't have any um exits right so that's that's not a bad thing but yeah there's a lot of flavor coming in from to the acc from the transfer portal what are realistic expectations what their job's going to be like how can they potentially add to their respective teams that's kind of the next big project i'm working on um i have a couple fun features kind of up my sleeve that i'm excited about we'll see if they kind of mature come together a little bit but but taking a look at what's coming up next for the Duke basketball program and what's been happening as of late, Isaac, uh, the coaching staff has greatly improved for John Shire and company as uh, Emmanuel Dilty has been one of 
the more recent additions to his staff. Going outside the brotherhood once again is something that we've been talking about in, uh, in, in recent weeks with Jay Lucas being on the staff previously. And now Dildy has also been added to the bunch as well. Yeah, it's, it's a young group. Um, they're a different group. You know, they, lo- they lose one kid, to, uh, Jefferson, left the, right for the Celtics. Emil so, Jefferson, so yeah. Correct. So, like, that's like a dip- that's a, certainly a loss, but I don't think it's a situation where Duke is dipping down in any say, anyway um, with the new hires. But I'm fascinated by what some of the new voices that he's brought into this staff bring to them from an X's and O's standpoint. That's really interesting to me. Um, and so, like, I, I love the, the idea of adding new ideas and, and new ways to play. And so I think you see a, this Duke squad, like, on paper, there's a lot of shooting and there's a lot of defensive versatility that you could have if you have, you know, Kyle Filipowski at the five. Could they in- institute some switch everything step one through four? Could they potentially have more four-shooter lineups, even five-shooter lineups? Like, what are those different wrinkles from an X and O standpoint that the different coaching staffs will bring in. Cause you see it every single year, you bring a new coach in, he might have one or two different ideas that could kind of tweak what you do. So I'm fascinated to see what those look like for Duke moving forward with this new look staff. Uh, yeah. Dildy coming into the fold from Oklahoma. Most recently years at Northwestern with Chris Collins, who's obviously got the Duke connections and a really good relationship with John Shire. Uh, and then a lot of years at Loyola Chicago, helping recruit one of their best teams in program history. Once again, Duke seems to find this staff that we talked about kind of the golden age of Duke recruiting, and here they are going out and getting other amazing recruiters as well. Well, and the other thing too is that like really good X's and O coaches at Northwestern, Chris Collins runs really good stuff, and he has a really good defensive staff that he's had. And then Porter Moser is a film junkie. Like he just, (laughs) he, I mean, he's had like one of the best, um, NCAA tournament performances from an X's and O's standpoint when he, you know, used a nine seed at Loyola, they beat Illinois, a number one seed who had a phenomenal year. And he shut down Iota Sumu and Kofi Coburn, two All-Americans, with a phenomenal scheme in that thing. So you're getting guys from really good X's and O's backgrounds too. So that's that's a very, very interesting thing. Because I think with Duke, like you're going to recruit at a high level regardless. The connections certainly help, and and Duke has that. But like you, you're you get a little bit of access to those high level recruits when you're at Duke. But I think the X's and O differences, and like the difference that you know, Porter Moser's not really in the Duke brotherhood a little bit, so it's kind of stealing a little bit from him. Could be a really really interesting wrinkle for for Duke this upcoming season. Basketball season will be here before we know it. And Isaac, I really do appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with us here today on Lockdown Blue Devils. One more time, where can we find your work? Yeah, just follow me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Trotter or 247sports.com. It's usually right up there. Perfect. We'll talk to you again soon, Isaac, okay? Thanks, man. Anytime. All right, that's Isaac Trotter, and he's joining us here on the program today. Really fun visit with him and an awesome profile of Cooper Flag that you need to go check out for yourself. We'll be back at it later this week with more coverage of Locked on Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.